Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to Socks on Tap. Tony, I, I, my first reaction is just, fuck yes, let's go. Socks versus Detroit. That's, that's where it all starts. It all starts taking care of business in-house in the Central Division. That's right, I'm a meatball. You gotta bring that top button swag, baby. It is always great to beat the Cubs. And I'm a homer, so I always say they're gonna. Dallas Keiko Lampson got some beards that you should be afraid of. What everybody said when he gets out there, it's me versus the other guy, and I'm gonna beat him. So I just love that mentality. It's cool and fucking tough. Steve, Steve, would you say that Tony is mad online? I, I would definitely say that. The White Sox winner. Hello, White Sox fans. Welcome in. It is the Sox on Tap postgame show. Johnny Nani here alongside Tony Marchese and unfortunately discussing a White Sox fifth loss in a row, 6-3 at the hands of the lowly Pittsburgh Pirates to start tonight. Tony, I need a drink. How are you doing, man? Johnny, I'm right there with you. Uh, Drinks are in order. We call these misery beers. We haven't had a lot of misery beers on this show. Um, so if you're unfamiliar, a misery beer is when your team loses, you crack them, you drink beer. Uh, we've, we, Johnny, we've normally on this show gotten to do the victory beer, which is the opposite. When your team wins, uh, you crack them and you drink a beer. So it's same rules apply. Uh, but, uh, when you're drinking misery beers, you get to just sit back and bitch about things and, and hope that the beers take the edge off. So let's do some, some misery beers tonight. Let's go. Yeah, unfortunately, like I mentioned, 6-3 loss here and uh, not what the White Sox needed. We needed to bounce back uh, tonight, at least, you know, from a morale standpoint here. Uh, and after getting swept in four uh, against the Houston Astros over the weekend, sometimes bad weekends happen. You did play a good team there. Uh, you felt playing a bottom feeder coming in here, a team, a lowly team, like I mentioned, the Pittsburgh Pirates. Uh that would be your perfect opportunity to do so and do it, get off on the right foot. And it was only a quick two game series here. So uh, doing that in, you know, a short order here and just taking two really quick before you have another off day and getting back home for the reopening weekend crowd uh, would have been ideal here, but obviously not the case. So we've got some gripes to share, Tony, but before we do uh, and get into all of that, Listeners, make sure you are visiting ontapsportsnet.com for all your Chicago sports literature and podcasting needs. That's where you can find our podcasts as well as articles there on tapsportsnet.com. Follow us on social media at Sox on Tap and at Ontap Sportsnet. And if you're looking for White Sox or any Chicago sports merchandise, Grandstand is the place to go, located right next to the ballpark. Real quick walk. Uh, other than that, you can visit them online at GrandstandSox.com. Follow them on social media as well at GrandstandSox for they drop new releases there. So, Tony, man, this is going to be a tough one. We don't want to go, and this is also let's just preface this that this is not the end of the world. Come on, we're in you know mid late June here. Um, it's not the end of the world. There's still plenty of baseball to be played. We're not even at the All Star break yet. There haven't been reinforcements coming in. There's still the trade deadline coming up, and there's time for all of that there. But this is initial reaction to this game, and it sucks losing to a bottom feeder like this. My initial thoughts, Tony, are not great, Bob. You know, Johnny, uh, I, I've preached a lot of patience with this team. Uh, I think those that have, have talked White Sox baseball with me thus far this year um, can agree with that. I've, I, I've thought that this, you know, could be the storybook year. There's, there's going to be ups and downs in, in every story. But right now, Johnny, it's, it's, it's time to get a little bit pissed off. And if, if there was one opportunity for us to rant and rave and get mad, about things that we've seen on the field, raw motion fan stuff. Uh, it, it, it is right now. So, you know, you, you, you go with the not great Bob. I want the, the, uh, the toaster bath time. I want the yeah, negative yeah. Nani to come out just a little bit tonight. <laughs> I'm hoping I get to see some negative Nani. And I hope uh, if you've joined us tonight, you know, just, just let it out in the comments section. Maybe at some point we can, uh, we can flash some of your, your worst meatball takes Jason Hosking. I'm fucking pissed about that one. My brother's, if you're in the comment section, you're watching this show. Just let it out. It doesn't matter right now. Let let that anger is, out. Put it in the comment the section. section. Yeah. Yes. Let's vent together because this is needed right now. Let's 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 look at this as as fans. As Johnny just prefaced, it's not the end of the world. But if there's if there's an opportunity for you to say something really bad about this team or how mad you are, 
Put it in the fucking comment section. We'll throw it up there. You won't get roasted about it because we love meatball takes around here. I'm going to say some things on this show. I'm sure you're going to say some things on this show that maybe in about a month uh, don't don't look great. Uh, but let's get mad. Let's get angry. Let's have a good time with it. We're drinking misery beers. Yeah. When you're drinking beers, it's all all right. We're just here. Uh, that's that's the nature of this show. So my, my initial reaction, Johnny, is just what the fuck was that? I expect more out of this baseball team. Mm-hmm. Uh, I talk about trap games a lot where, like, a team's on a winning streak. They come back home or, you know, you're going on the road. This is a trap game. This should be the opposite of a trap game for the White Sox. This is you've got everything in your fucking favor. You're coming off of, of a really tough sweep. You get the granted off day for yourself. You've got your quote-unquote ace on the mound in Lucas Giolito. You're going up against one of the worst teams in baseball, and the only guy who gets the job done wasn't even in the fucking starting lineup. What the fuck is happening here? That's unacceptable. That's my that's my initial take. Yeah, so it, let's get into it. And another initial thought here, right online here, is uh, uh, our guy White Sox Hell, uh, Mad Online Beers. That's what these are here tonight uh, as you're joining us here on the Sox on Tap postgame show here. So, um, yeah, we, we will get into this here and there. All these things that uh, Sean Roberts commenting is our ace ahead case. Uh, Duke wants to know, hey, Nani, why didn't Grandal start tonight? And I have a juicy rant prepared right after we get through the game recap here. Let's start Lucas Giolito on the mound tonight, obviously throwing to Zach Collins because he can't do it to anyone else here. Um, okay. As we get in scoring plays, bottom of the third Frazier, two out solo home run. Hopefully he's wearing a white Sox uniform sooner rather than later. Uh, bottom of the six is when Frazier let off with a double Hayes ground out. Frazier gets the second, uh, Reynolds drives him home. Uh, and he reaches second on the throw home. That makes it two Oh, uh, you know, uh, Pirates at this point. And then in the top of the seventh, uh, finally uh, getting to pinch hit for Zach Collins, who is just absolutely terrible against left-handed pitchers. And that was what was still on the mound for the Pirates at this point. Uh, Yasmani Grandal comes up after a uh, one-out single by Abreu. And uh, Larry Garcia hit singled after Vaughn popped out. So uh, that's Yasmani Grandal dead center from the right side of the plate. Bat drop out in front of the plate. Didn't leave behind him, Tony. Dropped it right out in front of the plate. Fucking dick bomb. Straight to center. White Sox have the lead briefly here. So let's stop, you know, let's stop because there's going to be plenty of time for getting mad here. How'd you feel after that? I felt sexy, man, for the first time in a while. Like you've got Yasmani Grandal. Sexy. I fucking love that. I felt sexy <laughs> for the first time in a while. Like I wrote the, I wrote the letter to the White Sox offense saying like, please score runs. We're, we're going to get into the whole Zach Collins, Yasmani Grandal thing in just a little bit. But over the whole entire weekend, man, like what, a, what a, it felt like we were a dogs with our tails between our legs and our ears flopping down because we did something bad. We, we believed in this team and they go get their shit like just absolutely shellacked by the Houston Astros. You've got Astros media online fucking taunting you. Things were bad. Things were really bad. And you get the off day. I went, I played golf, played nine holes last night. It was nice. Uh, Johnny, I was texting you. We were, we were enjoying some late night beers, uh, and just a good night. It was a good reset night. If you're a White Sox fan, Monday night was good. And then you come into this one and you're like, all right, we got this going. And then the offense starts sputtering. And for the first time, you've got a lead and you felt like you were going to win again right there. Like, okay, this is all behind us. Yaz is in the game. Let's go. Fucking sexy backdrop for, for, for a brief moment as a White Sox fan. You felt sexy. You felt good. You felt like this team was going to fucking win a baseball game. I just love that description, Tony. It's perfect. You did. I felt sexy too. I was I was out uh, eating a little dinner. Uh, I had a pizza joint near me, and uh, you know the beers were flowing. Had the hands up in the air, calling it Yaz Money Bombs. Absolutely felt great. Felt sexy right there. Great way to describe it. But unfortunately, guy who has been fairly reliable for the most part this year, uh, only most recently and during. Uh, kind of extended struggles and it unfortunately continued uh, against a team like the Pirates tonight and that was Garrett Crochet coming in for the bottom of the seventh uh two quick singles from Polanco and Evans Newman lays a bunt down and you can make a little argument on both sides of this play Mancata sure he should have had a better throw on the bunt uh Abreu probably picks that I would say like what like six to seven out of ten times Tony um either way this gets a run home and ties the game back up at three all right not the end of the world if Crochet can settle back in we can still 
still do this thing. Unfortunately, that was not the case. Gonzalez with two RBI single there makes it 5-3. Um, and those would obviously would be the game-winning runs here. But I uh, have to go to Aaron Bummer after that. Crochet unable to uh, do much of anything uh, in his outing. And then Frazier flies out, gets Newman to third. Hayes walks, Reynolds RBI single. That makes it 6-3. Uh, that would be the final score in tonight's game. White Sox unable to do anything despite Yohan Moncada leadoff walk, or excuse me, one-out walk uh, in the top of the eighth. That probably would have been their best spot with a Abreu coming up with Vaughn. After that, both of those guys struck out. Looked disgusting on sliders. Tony, share really quick, because uh, that, that wraps up all the scoring in here. Just share really quick, because uh, the offense is a big part here. And I have a bigger rant um, about, you know, who should be playing and who should be in the lineup and all that, which I will get to in a second here. And I think it's a grand anticipated thing that I have been building up here, but on your side, it is, can we choose to, you know, can we figure out how to not chase the slider at some point here? So go, go ahead with that real quick and I'll get yeah. it in mind. Yeah. You know, I, I tweeted this one out during the game too. Can we not chase the slider? I don't know where this came from, but it seems to be a problem with the white Sox. I haven't gone and looked at data outside of the white Sox. This is just an observation from watching 2017, 2018, 2019, what we saw in 2020. It seems like anybody who comes up on this team, I mean, it was, it was the problem for Yohan Moncada chasing the slider. It was a problem for Eloy Jimenez. It's been a very ever present problem for Luis Robert so far this year uh, when he was before he got injured. Uh, it's been a problem for Jose Abreu at times. It's been a problem for everybody. I just don't know why we haven't been able to make the adjustment. If, if, if you want to present the case that the slider is just that good and just that tempting. Okay. You know, maybe we can meet somewhere in the middle here, but if it's become such a problem for your offense that anytime you're down an account, you're going to face these sliders and not know that they're coming and take pitches, uh, you're, you're going to run into trouble, Johnny. And you look at what uh, what the Pirates pitching staff was able to do today. I mean, we were in the fifth or sixth inning, and we had not yet seen a two-ball count for the White Sox offense, a lot of strikeouts, a lot of check swings. You're sending it down to first or third base. Uh, on a slider outside the zone in the dirt. You know, Johnny, we, we go back to some of the Eloy Jimenez stuff where it was just, you know, the slider's fucking coming as a fan. You know it's coming. And you can already just predetermine that he's going to swing at that pitch and you're going to leave runners on second and third. And you just know it's over already before it even fucking happens. And then it happens. And I've had that feeling way too many times as a White Sox fan to know that if I were in the batter's box, I would expect the slider to come there. And I'm not a professional hitter by any fucking means. It's coming. I can see it. You can see it. I feel like everybody can fucking see it except for whoever is in a White Sox uniform at the plate at that time. And they still fucking swing at it. Don't do that. It just it fucking pisses me off. So uh, I think one of the biggest things for me is that Jose Abreu is chasing a lot, a lot, a lot. Uh, as More of than often, saw, yes. And we yes. saw him sword himself up tonight. You know, the pitching ninja, when when a guy, like, you know, gets like the weird, like, you know, barely puts the bat through the zone, but he's just so fooled that it has to go through there. Um, it, that has been Jose Abreu as of late, whether it's chasing uh, really low breaking stuff that's in the dirt, has uh, no chance of being a strike or, uh, you know, uh, pitch dumping away on him like that slider was um, in that eighth inning there. So uh, it, that is just frustrating, especially coming from a guy. And I think we all, we didn't expect Jose Abreu to have another MVP season here, but at the same time, when you need a spark, when you, you need someone to get the thing back, uh, you know, going, turn the ship in the right direction, Tony, you want your leader, your Jose, your, your captain, right? Uh, Jose Abreu to be able Anderson. to do that. If it, yeah. Both and, of those guys tonight, Johnny. Let, like, yeah, let's right. let's let's go back. If you want to be straw that stirs the drink guy and Tim Anderson, or if you want to be the MVP here, these are the types of performances, especially tonight or over the weekend, where you would expect guys like that of of that caliber to show up and be those guys. And we did not see that at all this weekend, and we haven't. We did not see it today. Yeah. So uh, offense, there's no you know question about it. It has been stagnant. As of late tonight, and you had mentioned the only guy getting anything done tonight, putting runs on the board for the White Sox was Mr. Yasmani Grandal, who did not even start this game. Tony, it's time for me to get into this rant here. I had it all prepared before the game, and it is about Lucas Giolito preferring Zach Collins uh, behind the plate. 
Um, I, I'm going to look at both sides of it really quick here. I've got a whole bunch of points listed out for each here. So uh, I'm going to do it here, and I'm just going to start. And I'll go Let's first go. for in favor of Lucas Giolito. Arguments for throwing to Zach Collins. Let's look at some stats here. Throwing to Zach Collins in 2021, nine games, 55 innings, 3-2-5 ERA, 40 hits, 11 home runs, uh, 15 walks, 77 uh, strikeouts. 197, 255, 424 slash line. That's pretty good. Compare that to throwing to Yasmani Grandal. Only been six games, 26.1 innings pitched, uh, 23 hits allowed, five home runs, 12 walks, 26 strikeouts. Uh, slash line up a bit there. Uh, 228, 310, 406. There you go. There is a good argument for throwing to Zach Collins, obviously. Comfortability, another thing. Sometimes pitchers prefer certain catchers. Okay understandable. I get that. That is an argument going in his favor there. Also, when you look long-term here, obviously we're, we're usually dialed in on the day-to-day here, but you're looking long-term here. Whatever. Zach Collins is one uh, year left team control, four years of ARB after that before becoming a UFA in 2027. So if Giolito plans to sign an extension, yes, Zach Collins could be here longer. All arguments working in Lucas Giolito's favor for Zach Collins. All right. Flip side, my guy, Yes, Money Grandal guy who produced tonight, guy who got the runs home, gave us our only life, only made us, you know, feel sexy for a brief moment then time there, Tony. All right, left-handed pitcher on the mound for the Pirates tonight. Uh, let's go left-handed stats here. Collins versus lefties in 2021, 17 games, 31 plate appearances. He's got five hits overall, one home run, five RBIs, two walks, 13 strikeouts, slashing 179, 233, 321 with a 54 Weighted runs created plus for all you fan graph people out there. All right, Grandal versus lefties in 2021. Uh, let's not be remiss. This Yasmani Grandal is a switch hitter, so he gets to flip around to the right side here. 27 games, 58 played appearances, nine hits, two home runs, seven RBIs, uh, 19 uh, walks, 12 strikeouts, 250, 491 on base, uh, 417. Uh, with the uh, slugging percentage there, 165 weighted runs created plus. And granted, this is all before tonight's game. These stats were collected before this game against the Pirates here. Need more reasons, Tony, here? Defensive metrics from Fangraphs. Collins in 2021, negative 3.8 framing metric there, uh, negative 3.1 defensive value overall. Grandal, 0.8 framing, 2.8%, uh, excuse me, 2.8 defensive value, according to Fangraphs. All right, you scored eight runs over four games in Houston. The White Sox need offense. The offense has not been coming through the long ball. What's, you know, obviously it did tonight a little bit here, but leading into this, what do you need then? Uh, if you're not going to hit the long ball, you need runners on base. You need to be able to move those guys along. Um, Yaz has the second highest OBP on the team at 385. Collins doesn't even qualify when you sort that on baseball reference. Uh, and he's got... A 324 that ranks ninth unsorted, and that puts Yaz at third, only because the guy that will be starting tomorrow, Dylan Cease, has a 1,000 uh, on-base percentage. Got on base all three times when he hit against the Reds. No DH in an NL ballpark, Tony. Uh, you don't have that option here uh, like you were able to uh, when you are at home or at an American League ballpark. So uh, that leaves one dead spot in the lineup already. I know Lucas Giolito got hit tonight, but generally you consider pitcher spot a dead spot in the lineup for an american league team there um severely depleted lineup obviously we know of all the injuries here uh that needs to be utilized maximally uh with the best players that are actually available and on the roster that day uh yasmani grandal is just better than zach collins overall let's say that off days sandwiching the series tony that means yasmani grandal would be fine to catch both games if absolutely needed. I think he could do it. Legs are feeling better, as Steve Stone has mentioned on the broadcast in previous weeks. Um, all right. What if Zach Collins goes on the injured list at some point? Does Lucas Giolito just forfeit all his starts in between there, just sit out? I don't know. What goes on? Does he have to swallow the bullet and uh, throw to Yasmani Grandal? Probably wouldn't be in his favor, and he'd probably pout about it the whole time. So um, what if this is in a playoff or crunch time game, um, and we're going up against the uh, elite team's top lefty pitcher. What do you do there? What's going on there? I mean, I, I just want to know. Um, you know, you're just sacrificing that so the pitcher feels comfortable when you really need every chance you can to get runs uh, against one of these better pitchers. Um, all right, Yaz is also signed through all of you, Lucas Giolito's arbitration years, so go ahead, bitch about it all you want. He's still around for two more fucking years if you're going to stay here in the White Sox work out the ARB deals with you. Also, my last point here, um, oh, oh, no, excuse me. Say you do go elsewhere. Uh, two more. Say you do go elsewhere. What if Giolito doesn't like 
the primary catcher of whatever team he signs with after the White Sox. They just going to you know go and cater to all his needs there? Possibly, if you're a lower-level team. I mean, probably going to the Anaheim Angels, so that makes sense. They'd probably do that for him there, uh, pay him $200 million to miss the playoffs every year. But go ahead, do you. Um, and then my last point is Lucas Giolito is neither a knuckleballer nor Greg Maddox. I've said my piece, Tony. Johnny, this this goes back to some stuff that uh, you know I've I've talked about before I, on this show um, on previous shows that I've been on uh, with Lucas Giolito. I think as as early as this year, I called him a blanket baby um, on this show uh, for needing the personal catcher. All of these things are absolutely valid. They're they're valid concerns, and I think the biggest thing when it comes to this series and this series alone is the fact that you do have this benchmark by off days. If you want to make the argument that you should have the best team on the field at all points in time, if I go back to things that Tony LaRussa uh, haters or whatever you want to call them have, have called Tony LaRussa out for. Um, and I feel like there, and maybe it's just me, but I feel like there's a, a a, a, a large portion of fans who believe that Lucas Giolito is this team's ace and he's the guy and, and that also dislike Tony LaRussa. But if you want to call Tony LaRussa out for something, it's it's for not having Yasmani Grandal in the lineup today, Johnny. Yeah. That That's that's the biggest problem. And the only reason why I could think that Yasmani Grandal isn't in the lineup today to put the best team on the field and give the White Sox the chance to win, I'll call Tony LaRussa out for this one. If you want to take it off the players and put it on the manager, this one's squarely on Tony because you did not have Yasmani Grandal in the lineup today catching Lucas Giolito. Now we can go back there and dissect this and say, why, why wasn't Yasmani Grandal in the lineup? And I would say the first reason is because Lucas Giolito said, I want to pitch to Zach Counts because if you lay out the stats, if you lay out everything, you lay out the situational analysis like you just did and said, they're coming off of a sweep. The guy who's swinging the hottest bat in this fucking lineup right now, yeah. the one that makes you feel sexy, is Yasmani Grandal. I mean, this guy just had a walk-off at the last game you and I were at. He was yeah. the only one in the Houston series who did shit. The lineup's not taking pitches. There's a guy who does. That's Yasmani Grandal. And you knew, you knew during this game, and you saw it because people gave Tony LaRusso credit for it during the game, was pinch-hitting Zach Collins for Yasmani Grandal. Tony LaRusso was fucking itching to get Yasmani Grandal into that game, and Yasmani Grandal fucking delivered. That's what happened tonight. You can't, you can't deny that because the second you knew that Lucas Giolito was coming out, Tony pinch-hits for his catcher. He doesn't want Zach Collins in the lineup. Yeah, Lucas Giolito does. And my question for everybody out there, and I replied to Jordan Lazowski tonight, asking him if if, if Lucas Giolito is uncomfortable throwing to Yasmani Grandal, what's the problem here? Yasmani Grandal came here as one of the best pitch framers in baseball, a guy that would entice free agent starting pitching to come to the White Sox. And I believe Dallas Keuchel, Dallas Keuchel said it. Yes. Dallas Keuchel fucking said it. One of the reasons I wanted to come to the White Sox is because I would have Yasmani Grandal behind the plate. And so if Lucas Giolito, a Cy Young candidate, doesn't want one of the best pitch framers in baseball who signed one of the highest contracts as a free agent to come to the White Sox to catch for him, that is a question that needs to be asked to Lucas Giolito. Why are you uncomfortable throwing to him? Or he just needs to start fucking throwing to him. Those are the only those are the only two options here. Why are you uncomfortable throwing to Yasmani Grandal? And if he has issues with that, and we know the whole backstory behind Lucas Giolito throwing to James McCann last year, that's been brought up multiple times. If he didn't, if he didn't want to throw to Yasmani Grandal last year, that's fine. He had James McCann. But now you are being a detriment to the offense of this team. This is a problem. Yeah, That's where yeah. we're at. 
it, it, it's just, you know, there are times where I, I could, you know, maybe I'd still be upset about it. And obviously you saw how, you know, kind of animated I got during that segment that I just put out there, Tony. But it, it has just been a running thing uh, with Lucas Giolito and having to have Zach Collins behind the plate. And I can at least just pass it by and let it go and not get as riled up when there's a righty on the mound because Zach Collins is a lefty. That's okay. That he's better against those guys. Going all those stats that I mentioned, those are solely against lefties. I was looking at splits there. And that's what we had on the mound tonight. A lefty who went deep into this game for the Pittsburgh Pirates. So majority of the at bats early on, obviously coming against that lefty. So uh I could let it slide when it's against a righty. And also uh I don't like it as much because you probably could insert another bat that's better than Zach Collins. But if you are playing a lefty but you're in an AL stadium and you got the DH and you put Yaz in there uh, as the DH and then you just live with Collins. Maybe that's kind of like your low spot uh, in the lineup. Sure. I, you know, like I said, don't like it, but I could live with it Um, in a situation like tonight though, man, um, it just sucks, especially when your team's been on the schneid. It's different, I think, also, when you're going. When the team, the boys are buzzing, as we like to say over on Four Feathers, Tony, when it comes to hockey, that happens. I talked to Steve about it with Sunday Funday episode. Offense is contagious. Once you get you string those hits together and whatnot, if you're going a little bit better, then sure, maybe you could afford a, a guy like Zach Collins in there just to make your pitcher feel comfortable every once in a while. But he's made this habit out of it, and obviously you see it. And I'm not saying... Th- we can go back and Garrett Crochet is probably the biggest culprit of tonight's game. If you're going to pin one individual here, I mean, seriously, let's talk. Like, I'm not saying that this is why absolutely the White Sox, you know, you can go butterfly effect down all these different rabbit holes, Tony. But I would think that, uh, or I would like to hope that uh, with Yasmani Grandal's statistics that I read off earlier against uh, left-handed pitching from the right-handed side of the plate, uh, especially the on-base percentage, would at least give you a few more opportunities to score runs. And I guess that's my biggest hang up. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm not going to go pin this squarely on Garrett Troche. I think the bullpen as a whole has been another topic that we can get into for probably longer than a half an hour and, and just dissect everything that's gone wrong there uh, over the course of the year. But Johnny, uh, you know, Zach Collins is affordable in your lineup when you've got Luis Robert and Eloy Jimenez and Nick Madrigal inserted in there over, um, Danny Mendick, uh, Goodwin, uh, Adam Eaton. I mean, you add Adam Engel, uh, go back on the shelf today. Uh, that's not great. Um, you know, when you have that high power lineup and, and Zach Collins is, you know, just that closest thing to an automatic out that, that might be acceptable right now. The White Sox offense can't afford that. Yasmani Grandal needs to be in every single fucking lineup, whether it's as DH, first base, wherever you want to put him. I don't care where he is. But when you look at this lineup, just one thing when I'm looking at stuff um, as a lineup, I, I look at what the automatic outs are. I'm less concerned about who's batting leadoff, second, third, fourth, fifth, as the automatic outs. Where's the weak spot in the lineup going to come from? And when you look at a lineup that has Zach Collins, Danny Mendick, I'm sorry, I'm not, I'm just going to say it. And he's been, he's been very good this year, but Larry Garcia, even Adam Engel to an extent, you start to look at situations late in ball games where you could have two or three guys come up in a spot and you're hoping and praying instead of saying that's going to be dangerous for the opposing pitcher. When we came into this year and you look at a lineup with Luis Robert, Eloy Jimenez, Nick Madrigal added to it over those other guys, you sit there and you say, okay, no matter where we are, one through nine, we might have one or two guys where you're like, okay, this this might get a little hairy versus I'm pretty damn fucking confident that no, no opposing pitcher wants to come out here and face these guys. Right now we've got the opposite problem. There's – only a few guys in the lineup where you'd sit there and say, this might be a problem. And then when you when you stack it with Zach Collins instead of Yasmani Grandal and he's on your bench, that's just one extra guy in a lineup where I would say, as an opposing team, I don't want to face Yasmani Grandal this inning. So I think that that's 
part of the problem here, Johnny, is we've got too many automatic potential outs in the, in the back end of this order. Yeah, and obviously, like you had listed off there, a lot of that is uh, injury-driven. I mean, it's just the, the fact of the matter. Like, you, you took basically 70 home runs out of your lineup with uh, mm-hmm. Luis Robert and Eloy Jimenez going down, uh, I would say, at least close to that, maybe ballpark it, maybe a little less with what the White Sox rate they're hitting at there. But you would have to imagine that would be sparked up uh, with an Eloy in the lineup. So, yeah, no, I agree with you. And, and I hate to say this because I do appreciate what the guy has done without having an at-bat above high a but andrew vaughn in there too man is he ready for pressure spots don't feel like it to me you know i i've i've i was on the same train as you man i i didn't know if he was going to be the guy who's ready to get this shit done at this level um there's still question marks there i, I think he still has some some learning to do um and I wish that we were afforded the opportunity, but I don't think that there's another guy that I would rather have up in a spot. Oh, no, no, I'm I'm just saying you're talking about not maybe not automatic out for him, but you're also not as confident in someone like no, him I'm as not, you I'm are not, like a Yohan I'm not Mankata. as no, I'm yeah. not as confident in Andrew Vaughn as I am a Yohan Moncada, but I feel like at this point in time in the lineup, if we're just talking about purely uh guys that I have confidence in, I don't think Andrew Vaughn's quite reached the level where I'm I'm uncertain about him getting the job done as I am some of the other guys. So I feel like he feel he, he fills in that middle tier. Um, he, he might be the exact middle tier of this lineup. If, you, if you're Andrew Vaughn and, and more confident above, yeah. that's good. I, yeah, I, I just, I was just going to say, I look at a situation like the eighth inning, and even though you are playing, you know, a lowly team against the Pirates, so I don't have like utmost faith in, in Andrew Vaughn after, especially after Jose Abreu struck out, and that's another guy that you know we we talked about his struggles earlier. But Andrew Vaughn, I wasn't like, okay, this guy's going to rope a double, and we're going to like, you know, that'd be great if he did, but I wasn't like, yeah, it's going to happen. I was like, we're going to go down, uh, you know, like you know, <laughs> cheap in this one. Yeah, he he's the tough spot for me, dude. I don't I don't know where to exactly judge him yet because I feel like he's come through in a few situations where you're like, okay, this is why he's here. And then there's and, other times yeah. where just like the raw stats just don't add up to being ultra confident. So and, and this is not like I said, it's not to rag Andrew Vaughn. The guy hasn't had experience, you know, was season wiped out last year of possible minor league development. So don't get me wrong, I'm not ragging on Andrew Vaughn. I'm not saying he can't be that guy in the future. But just as of things stand right now and what you need from the lineup and how depleted it is. Would I take does, somebody it, else over him? Yes. It, it, yeah, it just don't exactly inspire confidence it is you know every time through. You get your occasional ones and I think we have uh, and like you know it was that back during like the Blue Jays series maybe a few other ones before that where he came up with either a big double or a big home run in certain spots but i don't think he's there consistently yet so that, that's just what i it was just drawn out further about you know how, how you don't feel as confident in this lineup and it's hard to too because they're super depleted and you, you had a guy he, who, he should he should yeah. be that guy at the end of the rope where it's like okay i might not feel as confident about andrew vaughn here but i know that there's seven eight other guys in this yeah. lineup who are going to mash yeah yeah, exactly. So, uh, I mean, Tony, tough one tonight at, at 6-3. We just uh, with the bullpen here in this one is talk about Garrett Crochet. It sucks because, you know, he gave up his first long ball uh, of his major league career not too long ago. Um, and then you just couple singles right off the bat as soon as he comes in and that sets uh, the whole, you know, Pirates go ahead scoring uh, up right there and it, it was just you know tough to watch as a White Sox fan especially with how much we've been reeling and that, that just goes back to w- as soon as those runs come in you just don't have any confidence that we're going to be able to get him back uh, with how depleted we are and it's like it's going to take a Yohan Mankata bomb it's going to take a you know maybe one guy getting on and Jose Abreu uh, lighting one up uh, to get us back in this thing whereas before we felt like oh we can maybe string some hits together and you just don't have that confidence here so I think that's a really tough spot and tough juncture for White Sox fans even though we do sit in first place still uh, here in, in the American League Central so it's a tough conundrum to be in Tony because you know like you said we're, we're getting a lot of venting bitching out here but at the end of the day you know it is a long season and they could go back and turn it back on and some of these bench guys start producing maybe you get Rake Lamb back in the lineup versus righty uh, and that sparks something. 
coming up here and uh you know uh, we're feeling good again and also you know some weak schedule coming up and maybe you start beating up on some of those teams you feel good again about that too but as of right now i think we're just summarizing our thoughts here on socks on tap we're feeling a little down in the dumps right now this is definitely the low point of the season thus far i've got to say this is this is the low point of the season uh scotty shorts uh what misery beers are we drinking tonight, boys? Uh, Budweiser. Uh, these are the uh, the American cans. Johnny also going with the Anheuser Busch uh, product, Bush Light. Uh, the same beers we're drinking. If it's if it's victory beers, same beers we're drinking. If it's mis- uh, victory misery, what doesn't matter. Um, this is what you're gonna get when you get Johnny and I on the mic. Is uh, the same same as uh, same as always. As Johnny says, never change anything. So, ever. Um, yeah, ever. Never change anything ever. Yeah, there you go. You know, it's it is what it is. We are having misery beers, and this this is the low point of the season, as I was saying. Um, it's okay to let it out here. I think that you know, you talk about like you know, weak schedule ahead of you. This this would have been the perfect game to win for this yeah. team. This would have absolutely been the perfect game to win for this team. To to you know just start a new trend, change that little narrative of uh, we're bad on the road, um, we can't beat good teams. I know the Pirates are the worst team, so now you've just you've put the utmost uncertainty in the White Sox fan base by losing this game in particular. So it's a really easy point to be very low on the White Sox right now. Yeah. It is, it just is. And I just want to add one. This is not to diminish the loss because the White Sox should have just taken care of business themselves tonight and maybe with some better lineup decisions and a little bit better timely hitting uh, and maybe your ace going out and absolutely being your goddamn stopper um, and not letting up any runs. I, I know it's a tall task. I, I know that's a tall task for uh, that's a discussion for later, Tony. I think it's a Sunday Funday discussion coming up, but uh you know, seriously, when you're talking about this and what's been the strength of the White Sox all year, we all know it's been the starting pitching. That's no secret. Everybody in the league knows that. Uh, I Seriously, it's a tall task to always ask, you know, pitchers, even some of the best, to not give up any runs. But if there's a time to have a shutout performance, it would have been tonight from Lucas Giolito. So he had his comfortable catcher behind the plate, so that obviously wasn't the case. So, you know, was, uh, it, 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 just getting back to what I was going off there on there, though. The Pirates are playing somewhat of decent ball as of late. So I will go and say that because they did help us out over the weekend. They took two of three from the Cleveland Indians before they hosted the White Sox here for the series. So I'm not dismissing this loss or making excuses or anything like that. But, you know, you talk about it was uh, Steve brought it up on Sunday, Funday. Uh, it's not about who you play. It's about when you play him. Well, unfortunately, for even some of the bad teams can get out a little bit sometimes. Uh, and that's where the Pirates are seemingly uh, right now. At least might be the high point of their season. This might have been the World Series, Tony. Yeah, that's that's all fine and dandy, but I still want to say that like playing down to your opponent is lame and weak. Oh, it, it 100% playing is. Playing down to your opponent I, is lame and weak. You're not making excuses. You prefaced it because yeah. if you didn't say that before, I, the thing that I was going to go to is we can't make excuses here. Um <sighs> Playing down to your opponent is lame and weak. If the White Sox are going to follow the formula of success that I think all of us want them to follow is win the games that you should. And we've talked about it. Beat up on the weaker teams, play 500 baseball against good teams, and you're going to be in the playoffs. That, that's that's fine. And, and let the naysayers come out there and attack you for not playing better against the great teams. That, that That's a fine argument. We can have that all day. But this just this is too much ammo for anybody who's doubting this team right now. This is too much ammo. Yeah. By coming out there and playing the way you did today. You can't do that. You can't you can't have that type of negativity surround the ball club. You just you can't because for as much as people want to say that, that guys don't read into that type of stuff or, or anything, they do. That tends to happen. There's there's a good general direction for things. There's a bad general direction for things. You believe in the momentum and the superstition and shit yeah. just as much as I do. This this was not a good ball game to lose. 
I've I've said it just as much as I've been positive on this show. Like I'm gonna come out there and, and call out a loss. This was fucking abysmal, Johnny. You can't yeah, you can't have that fucking happen. It was fucking embarrassing, Tony. And then another point that, that you're going at here, too. Uh, I think you started steering down this road, but I'll, I'll take a little bit further and drive around the block with it. It's that, yes, sure, there's noise and there's national media attention. As much as they say they're blocking all this shit out, they know what's going on. They know what's being said about them. There's MLB Network on in the goddamn training rooms. They know what the fuck, you know, as much of an idiot as he is, what Chris Russo's blabbermouthing about and, and saying that the White Sox aren't a good team. So guess what? Use that shit as motivator going forward yep. and actually turn the fucking tides and let's get this thing back uh on the tracks here yep exactly these guys all know what's going on they're they're as tuned in as as we are um some of them shut it out and that's their personal choice but uh there's feelings around the team there's feelings around the ballpark they all know what's happening none of them liked losing today just as much as we didn't like watching them lose today but it's 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 far easier to get your head out of the dump after a four-game sweep by going and beating up uh, Mm -hmm. a last-place baseball team. They were unable to get the job done today. That's a systematic failure all around. They've got to go back. It's a short turnaround, 11-35 game tomorrow, Johnny. Um, You got to go turn the tides. Where's the offense? Let's go. Find it overnight. Yeah, I know you are going to have to, you know, light a spark under them, uh, get, get the offense going. But um, all, all I will say is, so, since I'm already on this train and this, you know, thought here, um, I'll just continue it. Thank God Lucas Giolito's not starting this because it's technically a morning game central time. So thank the fucking Lord that he's not starting this one. And obviously that was totally Yaz's fault because he was catching the meltdown in Boston. So, um, all right, on to the matchup, though. Dylan Cease taking them on for our White Sox versus Chase DeYoung. For the Pirates, Dylan Cease, 5-3, and three, 399 ERA, 89 strikeouts, rough go of it Thursday night in Houston. Lost command in the fourth inning. Chase DeYoung, um, you know, it will be interesting to see. He's only 0-1, 426 ERA, 17 strikeouts, uh, has not seen too, too much. Obviously, you're going to get a lot of young guns, uh, young players coming up and filling roles here for a team like the Pirates. It's time to take advantage of this shit um, and tee off on a guy like this. It'll be a righty on the mound, so, uh, you know, you get your typical slew of lefties in here. I'm just going to go early uh, as we're starting this pick to click. Yasmani Grandal. I wouldn't expect anything else out of a pick to click there than Yasmani Grandal. You've got the headband on for those on the live show. Uh, Johnny's got the uh, Yasmani Grandal headband on. That's his guy. And, uh, you know, he, he went yard today. and He's the guy who's swinging the hot bat. I, I love it. But you, you're right. You've got to tee off on this guy, and you've got to come out early. I'd like to see a White Sox starting pitcher pitch with a lead here for like what feels like the first time in, what, a week? Um, yeah. Pitch with the lead, like a, a nice lead. Um, that run differential that we, we were so proud of seems to uh, feel like it, it may slip away. Um, at some point and get even worse. So I'm just waiting for the next White Sox 10 run offensive ball game. And I thought it was going to come during this series, like even before the Houston thing and still even yesterday and today. So let's make something like that happen. And I feel like there's one guy who can get the job done there with at least three or four runs driven in. That's Jose Abreu. It's time to fucking put the ball out of the ballpark. Yeah, I hope it is, Tony. Um, Pick you know, the There you go. That was uh, last Wednesday, a week ago, uh, was when he hit his last home run, and you and I were in attendance for it. So hopefully channeling those day game Wednesday vibes uh, for Jose Abreu. Um, anyone listening along at home, I would suggest Rake Lamb uh, as a pick-to-click to accompany uh, Tony and I in this journey because a righty on the mound there uh, has not experienced a whole, whole lot of success um, with a 6.38 career ERA. 426 this year. Um, you would hope that one of the White Sox players can hit one into the water there. That's why I went with Diaz, hoping for another bat drop there. Uh, obviously, it's from the right side tonight, but left side could take it out to right tomorrow. Rake Lamb could be in for that as well because he provided one of the only offensive highlights over the weekend uh, when the White Sox played down in Houston. So, um, Tony, I think that's about it. Other than that, I guess the only thing is. Um, Dylan Cease gets to bat again tomorrow. Yes. This guy is perfect in his career. Batting 1,000 
was the only time, obviously, uh, at Cincinnati back on May 4th. Uh, he was three for three with a double and a run scored two other singles in that game. Um, is he the well, next year with, Mercedes? With how, yeah, absolutely. But with how rough the offense has been as of late and getting consistent production and actually putting up runs, I would not blame any one of our followers and listener, or listeners for picking Dylan Cease as your pick to click tomorrow because he could easily get it done with the bat and help himself out as well. So I wanted I wanted to go with Dylan Cease the next time that he was in the lineup. I'm just going to I'm going to preface it with the fact that like if the White Sox had split in Houston and they won tonight, Dylan Cease would be my pick to click because we'd be riding high. We'd be feeling good. And it would be a fun pick. It would be a fun pick to pick Dylan Cease. And I think that uh, that that's an that's an understatement right here, Johnny. Is the fact that Dylan Cease is in there in the lineup tomorrow? He's going to get the hit. But I, I asked you while you were talking, is he the next German Mercedes? Yeah. You know he he might go two for two, three for three tomorrow. Well, and a, we're, we're we're starting to get close to German Mercedes what, first first few games. Yeah, right well, let's get some uh, custom jerseys and custom you know specialty burgers and beers made after him. Let's go get all the hype, baby. No, I'm serious. Yeah. I'm, ser- I'm dead serious. If yeah. Dylan C- if Dylan C's can come Who's- out and rake, can we get a Dylan C's burger? Who's doing it? Yeah, I mean, well, obviously, with how reactionary everyone was to Yerman, that, that should be the case. You know, and nobody should feel dumb at all for buying his jerseys, right? <sighs> you know. <laughs> oh, wait, he got a hit tonight. Sorry. Excuse me. He did. He did. Right while Frank Thomas was talking about how uncomfortable he looked at the plate. There's so many things we can dig into on this one. Uh-huh. There is. I feel like it's a, it's it's also another topic for another day here, the Yearman Mercedes experience. But if you haven't caught the sense or the tone of this, Johnny, it's that uh, I think you and I are both very much off the Yearman Mercedes burger train. Yeah, no, no, uh, that's a hundred percent. All right, let's go to really quick segment here. Um, You know, we've been trying to institute this as much as we possibly can on the show really quick before we get into our housekeeping and wrap this thing up, since we've already got picks to click in um, is cool shit. We saw in white Sox land. And for me, it was very subtle in the dugout, but I went back and watched the replay after Yasmani Grandal hit the three on home run, came back into the dugout, given high fives down the line, looked like Lucas Giolito was trying to give him a head bop and he gave a little, swerve uh you know uh, the opposite way trying to get out of the way so that was really cool um because if the guy is just not going to want to throw to one of the best catchers in the game um that's fine you know what i don't give a fuck if if that's messing up clubhouse chemistry or whatever um that's a personal thing i'm team yaz right here saying it first first and foremost um so yeah the ditching the soy boy uh kind of getting out of his way i thought that was cool Uh, good for yaz for doing that I like that, Johnny. All right, I'm going to take uh, cool shit that I've seen in, in, in White Sox land uh, a little bit of a different way just for this, just for this segment, because I want to talk about something positive, and that's the fact that we will all be back in Lot B uh, very soon. This is something that we've all wanted to get back to, and it's coming this Friday. Johnny, you're going to be back in Lot B uh, this Friday, I'm assuming. I know you've got tickets uh, on Friday. You're going to be cracking beers and drinking in lot B and there will not be a tailgate uh, attendant telling you, you cannot do that. No. And then on Saturday, um, for those that are coming, uh, socks on tap is hosting a tailgate with, uh, socks on 35th barstool. Um, I think Shane Reardon from six, I mean, score is going to be there, uh, you know, providing some food for everybody. Uh, the 108 guys will be there. We're going to have a tailgate, Johnny. This is going to be nice. When we get back to the ballpark, I know you're not going to be there Saturday because you're heading up to uh, Wisconsin. But the next time you and I get to go to a White Sox game, yeah. we are going to be able to yeah, drink let, beers let, in Lot B. Let's reward the listener because, yes, absolutely all of that. That is Saturday, June 26th against the Mariners, 1.10 p.m. Central Time start. So uh, get out there, 11 a.m. You know, a lot's open two hours before the game. Like you guys mentioned, I will not be there, unfortunately. That's my vacation week every year. Uh, you know me, Tony. I, I am a uh, 
a man of schedules, and that's what I adhere to. So I go to Wisconsin the week uh, of the 4th or preceding it every year. That's where I will be going up to a uh, lake house in Wisconsin. I won't be there, but you will be there. Uh, Buzz will be there. Summer George will be there. Yes. Uh, NWI Steve will be there. We, we've got Duke Coughlin coming down. we got Iowa Zach coming in. All, all of these on-tap contributors will be there. Yes. So, uh, yeah, you miss out on me, but that, that's n- nobody wants to fucking see me anyway, so that's fine. Um, but, I, I will and just what I was getting at though um if you do want to see me though uh it's obviously going to be a long time after that uh, outside of the twin series that they have at home they'll be on the road and then they'll have the all-star break and all that but when they come back after the all-star break they have the Houston trash throws at home let's throw let's throw a tail and it will be Saturday night Saturday night of that series I believe it is the eight 18th of July. We've already got planned out. Kinsler's got a garbage can. He's cutting holes in the arms of. We're all going to have wiffle ball bats and be down. It's garbage can demolition night. Garbage yes. can demolition tailgate, Saturday, July 18th, uh, White Sox versus Trash Rose. Let's do yeah, it. That's, do it. That, that's uh, excuse me, excuse me, uh, wrong date there. Saturday, July 17th. Got my days mixed up. Uh, one early there. But yeah, uh, the, the 17th is when that will be uh, of July. So mark that in your calendars as well if you're looking for the next tailgate uh, after the big one that's coming up on Saturday, June 26th here. Absolutely, Johnny. I'm, I was actually looking for tickets for that game earlier today so uh I, I think we can make some things happen and, we'll throw we'll throw a nice little tailgate maybe some jello shots and, we'll see what happens and that i just want to say that you know yes it's great because this will be reopening weekend this one most upcoming here june 26 uh with that saturday tailgate but that is a 110 game so you got to get out there early and do that um this thing for later in july on the 17th uh that saturday night against the astros like i'd mentioned uh that is a 6 10 p.m start so that is prime time, I would say. Yes. Uh, late Saturday afternoon tailgate into Saturday night at the ballpark on the south side uh, should be an absolutely rowdy time. And like I mentioned, trash can demolition. So also Disco Demolition fits in with that because uh, the anniversary of Disco Demolition, you know, we're big supporters of that, is July 12th. Um, obviously, that will be during All-Star break week. So we'll be celebrating that alongside trash can demolition uh, on that Saturday. Nothing but classic rock. I really hope it's a fucking Lance Lynn start during that, Tony. I do as well, Johnny. We'll, we'll make it happen. We, we've got some good tailgates coming. And for those who are new listeners to the show um, over the past year here, uh, you know, uh, back in 2019, Johnny, we threw some some pretty good socks on tap tailgates. We can't wait to get back to that. Obviously, that starts this weekend. Um, if we're, we're continuing on with this segment, cool shit in, in White Sox land. Uh, this Saturday should be fun, but we've got some more planned throughout the summer. And uh, come find us by the on-tap flag in Lot B. Uh, we're always out there drinking beers, Johnny. I think that that's the sentiment that we're going for here. Yeah, and I think that's an appropriate way to close the show down. So, um, you know, th- thank you if you listen through uh, all the way with us on the live here or, or in podcast form. We appreciate it. Uh, make sure you're visiting ontapsportsnet.com for all your Chicago sports literature and podcasting needs. Follow us on social media at Socks on Tap and at ONTAP Sportsnet. If you're looking for White Sox merchandise, go right by the ballpark at Grandstand. They're located right there. Uh, on 35th and Wallace. Uh, visit them online as well, grandstandsocks.com, on social media at grandstandsocks. So, Tony, uh, it's been a long one. Good to get some of the shit off of our chest, though. I think a venting session was necessary tonight. Let's go back out and kick these pirates' ass uh, on Wednesday morning here uh, and then get back home because the boys will be back in town Friday, uh, reopening weekend, 100% capacity. Need the vibes rolling into that. Yes. Yes, we do, Johnny, and there's only one way that we can present some some good vibes for the White Sox, and I think that that's by saying White Sox forever. White Sox forever.